You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson, ready to get the dialogue going. Hello, ma'am. Hello. So... We are recording this right on the heels of the day of giving thanks. I'm not going to say Thanksgiving because that's a damn lie. It's a sham. <laughs> I'm gonna let you, anybody that wants to know about it, I'm not going to bust your bubble online. Go do your research. However, that being said, I do think that um, there there is a place to kind of talk a little bit about gratitude for kind of what's happened And I want to flip it a little bit in that, um, you know, I did talk the week of giving thanks day of what, you know, my gratitude was, but I also want to kind of talk a little bit about what it looks like to acknowledge doing DEI work, like when you're in it and how so often people are looking for an ROI. Um, I've been very fortunate that a lot of people have not pushed that as hard as they used to, because now it's like, uh, there's no ROI on being anti-racist or AKA I'm not an asshole, (laughs) but (laughs) I do think that, you know, there is a place of, of showing where gratitude can show up and you've done this and now it's worked well for you. And so you know, you want to guide everybody through a little bit of what some of the results can be when doing your DEI work? Yes. And I think before we can go there, it's important to set the stage that I feel like prior to this year, from my perspective, um, diversity, equity, inclusion work was one of those like, "Ah, I mean, it's nice to have. I was going to say nice to have. Yep. Like, 
but do we really need this? And Mm -hmm. what are we going to get out of investing this money in it? So a lot of businesses, especially small businesses that have teams that are less than 10 people, I really didn't see them invest in this work in previous years. Um, or at least as much as I would like to see happening in the world. And, and I think it's just one of those things that like from the outside looking in, just like any other thing that we want to put the nice to have sticker on is like, what do we get out of it? You know, um, I used to see that with podcasting. What do we get out of having a podcast or what do we get out of being on social media is what a lot of brick and mortar businesses that are local would say And this year has really challenged the way that people look at things like that because it left you in a position where things that maybe you once put in nice to have bucket, you no longer could ignore. And I think that the things that used to be a nice to have or the things that used to be mm, maybe one day are, are, they're no longer luxuries. And they're also no longer um, the same level of taboo around it. Because again, like for me coming out of the beauty industry, and I think for you, it's probably very similar in, um, you know, kind of art and photography, but like, you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about um, politics, like anything that could even remotely be divisive. You don't address it. You just leave it all there, which means you might be leaving a whole chunk of yourself on the table. And that's no longer a place that you can inhabit. Right. And not only is it that you might be leaving a piece of yourself on the table, but the flip side of that is (laughs) when you don't talk about it, you might have very misaligned people on your team and don't know, or following you on social media and don't know, or in your programs and services and don't know. There's also the added element of um, what I'd like to hope is happening is you have people who are extremely aligned and are actually want to facilitate some of the same changes that you want to do in the world. And you don't know that either, which Mm -hmm. has a downside to that too, because you could be joining forces and coming together and doing this thing together whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think it's important to state that before we go into like what some of the ROI is that we've seen, because just for context, I feel like whether or not you even care about (laughs) doing DEI work or doing visibility work or insert thing here might've shifted this year. And on top of that, let's talk about the return on investment. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see that being talked about. I'm going to acknowledge um, my truth right now is I feel uncomfortable talking about this because I would like people to do the work because it's the right thing to do, not because they're going to get something out of it. And I also know that there's a power in being transparent about what the results have been. And so that and is the thing that I think is important. And so any of my issue with it previously has not been because there is no ROI. The ROI just doesn't look as neat and packaged up. And if this, then that, the way some other things might be. And so when you can't speak to it in that way, people sometimes were just having trouble being able to wrap their brain around it. And so for me, it's just more of... This is more of you doing it because it's the right thing to do 
and the other things will follow. And the benefit has been that we have had, you know, countless client examples of showing that this is true. Right. We've also had our own. And I think that's important too, because yes, we're two black women, two women of color. And? And we have our own work to do too. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We are not exempt from that. And so often people think that because you belong to a group that is non-white, cisgendered, you know, any of these things that are like heteronormative, you you are quote unquote the standard. If you're outside of that, you don't have work to do. And that's not true at all. Absolutely not true. Mm-mm. All right. So where do you want to start? I want to start with the fact of, even though I don't think that it had, you know, doing any of your work that is intersecting with DEI, because remember, DEI is not its own thing. It's how we do all things. But skirt diversity, equity, inclusion. Diversity. This is your first episode. Diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion. So it, it is a separate thing. And I think that it, like you can show up and have goals because you should. You should have purposes for doing this. You should have something that you are actually trying to affect. You should have reasons your why so to speak that you know for a lot of our clients it's a bigger than self type of push and so I want to kind of just debunk this myth that just because we're talking about something that doesn't have traditional ROI you know which is return on investment since we're going to have the scoop 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 um (laughs) return on investment is what ROI is that um you still do want to have a purpose. You do still want to have, you know, a, a goal. And with that, being able to see, okay, well, you know, how, how am I working toward that? What are my efforts? How has it shifted from where I started? So like I had a client that I had recently talked with and as we kind of were finishing our work together, like we're going through, you know, from my view, she wanted to know what, you know, I thought about her progress, what I thought was next. And so those types of things are going to still be a part of what happens. It just doesn't look, you know, the way that I think maybe some people think it should. And I'm saying should on purpose. Yeah. I mean, should's key because even when you look at things like um, marketing and branding, right? People will should on, if I spend this amount of money, I will get this amount of money back. And it's like, ask any marketing agency, ask any branding agency, ask any pay-per-click or SEO company. They can't guarantee you exact numbers. Mm-hmm. They might be able to give you a range, but even that range is going to depend on many factors, which a lot of it ends up being, do you actually have somebody picking up the phone and responding to emails in your business? They can send you all the leads and if you don't have that happening, not so, any sales. So I want to pause you for a second on that because we've seen that happen where you drive all the business but then you can't actually respond to and accept this business. Right. And so I think whenever you are shifting things, one of those questions really should be, can you handle the business that you receive when you receive the abundance of this shift? Ooh, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's an important one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yes, um, you want to make sure that you're doing what it takes to be prepared for an influx and inquiries. 
And one of the things that I see in the or the work that we do together, as well as the work that you do on your own, Erica, is there is no, I'd like to say that our clients don't come in with an expectation of, I'd like to increase my revenue by this amount. Actually, they're coming in because they want to create change. Mm -hmm. They want to create equity, um, which in my opinion, equity is what it takes to get to equality, which means they're increasing access to certain people or increasing resources, availability, whatever that might be, visibility to certain marginalized groups in order to level out the unlevel playing field. Correct. And they're doing it for the those type of reasons, not because of lining their pocket. However, one of the things that I've seen is <laughs> and doing the scary thing of going from implied values, of course we're anti-racist. Of course we think, you know, um, that certain people should have certain levels of access. Implicit. Implied to explicit. Like, here is what we believe in. Here is what we are not going to put up with. Here's how you're going to get kicked out of our stuff if you say something that is discriminatory. Um, in that transition, right, there's so much fear and it's almost sometimes it, when they're witnessing it happening standpoint, seems a little bit like a business identity crisis at times of like, I don't know how to show up or say these things, but then on the other side of it, and we don't lead with telling people this, there has been an increase and inquiries and increase in clientele and a major increase in revenue. So these are some of the professional pieces, but I also want to touch on just for a second as in, as we pause for a quick moment is that mm -hmm. before you can even have those things happen or actually be able to receive and hold these things, you have to work on yourself because none of these things happened because you stayed with the same, I mean, I'm anti-racist most days type of thing. And then all of a sudden it's going, well, because I'm just saying like, you know, like, I mean, on Wednesdays I'm good, but you know, Thursday, whew, I don't know about that one. Like <laughs> there is a place to where you have to work on you. And so part of the reason why people will see a difference in who shows up difference in who's participating in the conversations, a difference in who's saying, I want to, you know, give you my money or I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. And I am, you know, I'm, I'm here for this is because they worked on themselves. And sometimes that was extremely uncomfortable. Sometimes it was challenging, but they were dedicated to what was on the other side of any of that discomfort. Agreed. And so I'll definitely you say I've seen that the business identity evolution mm -hmm. always comes from the face of the business identity revolution. Right. And so like these things don't come because you showed up and you're like anti-racist ish. Like you actually start, you know, peeling back the layers and, you know, reconsidering your normal and questioning the stories and narratives that you had 
you know, taken for normal, some of which maybe you thought you had debunked and gotten rid of, but you start realizing there's still remnants of it. And so really going in and being, being willing to be vulnerable and to dig into that, I think got people to a point that they could begin to see some of the other things happening. Because I have also seen some people where you're not really ready to be there yet. And people can tell. Yeah, I've seen that too. That's been interesting to witness. Um, What I can say is those that have been ready to be there, um, and some it's baby steps and some it's like, let's go into the deep end of the pool from day one. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are at, we will support you on either end of the spectrum. (laughs) Correct. Correct. But um, it's been quite amazing to see people speaking up, people saying how they really feel. And how that pulls in the right people and it pulls them in in a way that a sales item never could. And it pulls them in in a way where they are happy to share and gladly share without you asking your message, what you learned this week, the new thing that you're doing to be a little bit more anti-racist or a little bit more accessible for people who are coming from a different level of ability or whatever that may be. And to see those things transpire, it literally is doing something that we talk about sometimes, which is building that audience that is happy to sell for you. Um, And let's also acknowledge here that part of, part of that I think is the humanizing Right. of of this person and so when when they got a just a little bit more real with you and we're like yo this is where i'm at this is how i feel this is what i'm experiencing not in a what some of we saw back earlier this year people just being messy and reckless but from a point of like i don't want you to think that i'm perfect and i don't ever go through these things and i don't exactly. ever experience these things and i I am willing to witness you as well. Like it's possible and we all have our things to do. And depending on what it is today we're offering, it's like, you know, some of these things we can, we can work on, you know, together. Don't think that, you know, I'm eons ahead of you because this is a lifelong thing. And so there was a lot of just willingness to be transparent, I think. And again, that, that humanizing. Well, and I think that when we do that, it allows us to connect to the deepest parts of someone that we typically don't get to see online, especially on social media and in email newsletters, um, and connect and Mm -hmm. feel like we know what we're giving our money to and feel like the person that we're going to be working with is going to be working with us instead of preaching to us. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference there. And so when I think about some of the results that we've seen for clients, um, we had a client that had the highest enrollment that they've ever had in one of their programs. Yep. We've had a client who completely shifted and threw out their old way of doing things, started, started again and said, you know what? we're embarking on something new and is there anyone that wants to join me? And a whole lot of people raise their hand. Yes. Right. 
And so that kind of proved that you didn't have to know every single thing to know that you want to do something different because there's there was somebody that wanted something different too. There's something powerful to say about that client too is that we witnessed them literally leave behind everything they had learned that was draining who they are Mm -hmm. and find their way into a new business subject service and way of doing business that actually like fires them up and fuels them and doesn't leave them feeling burned out Mm -hmm. like they have passion for their business again Exactly. And I think that part right there is a big part of it because there is something that can happen uh, internally, almost like from a, 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 a health and well-being standpoint, that all of a sudden you begin to realize like, wait, I didn't even realize that this didn't feel good or that this thing hurt or that, you know, this was uncomfortable. And now I'm on the other side and I'm like, that really didn't feel good. Right. I mean, and we've talked about it here before with Rachel Cook about like nobody starts a business to work harder and more hours for themselves than they did for somebody else. Right. So it's just beautiful to be able to see that this work can allow you to create a business that feels good to show up for and that you don't have to show up more for. You can be more instead of do more. Um, Absolutely. One of the things that I think I want to mention too, is that we've had clients that, and a lot of times we work with, you know, an entire team and we have seen teams doing work with us and the, you know, CEO or the leader, so to speak, is absolutely like, oh my gosh, I want to change all this stuff. But, you know, I know I may not be the one tangibly doing every single thing, but if you can handle it, let's do it. And seeing these these individuals that are willing to allow their team to help facilitate all of the changes behind the scenes to make this look different, front facing. Like there, I mean, there are very few times that I feel like it was like a misalignment of like one part wants to do this and the other part doesn't. Right. And there's power in that too, because I think that from the outside looking in, when we think DEI with a big team or a medium-sized team or even a small team, there can be that fear of like, are they going to be on board with what we're saying? Are they going to be on board with our new take on things and our new message? And we actually see way more of that than not on board. It's been really rare that we've seen people not be on board. In addition Mm -hmm. to that, I feel like there's also been this side effect of team building like this is bonding teams together to say we are now a business that is doing something bigger than ourselves and bigger than what we sell and being able to go to bed each night and feel like you did something great in addition to making money there's a power in how it allows you to show up in the business with each other with the clients with the social media followers whatever that may be but also i think It has the power to keep team members longer that, you know, um, team retention rate, I feel like is higher when we feel like we're doing something big and we're a part of the mission of the business. And the power of realizing that you have a team and that everybody is on board, but also that 
So for example, when we've done implicit to explicit with team, seeing how there are people that are like, I can show up with all of these things that matter to me because it matters to the other people here as well. That's right. That's a huge piece of like reconciling you feeling like you have to be the business you and then the real life you and really like realizing like, oh, there is no separation unless I choose for it to be. Now we all have our things that we keep for ourselves, but you don't have to compartmentalize yourself in the same way. And that's a huge ROI. Absolutely. And so I do think it's important to share a little bit about ours too. You know, it's easy to talk about what clients are doing and what we've seen. Mm-hmm. But I also think that um, based on our values, you know, we think it's important to humanize ourselves and to show that we're still figuring things out and making shifts as well. And that's part of life and evolution is to to constantly reevaluate and evolve. Um, one of the things that I know um, we did this year is we reevaluated accessibility. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you've been paying attention, you've noticed that we went from at the beginning of the year, I believe it was, we didn't have any transcripts to this doesn't feel aligned. We need transcripts so that um, our podcast and its content is accessible for people who are not, um, wanting to listen and would rather read or are unable to listen to it. And then we went from transcripts to what is way more expensive (laughs) transparency on that, but articles because Mm -hmm. we realized that reading a transcript does not land in the same way as reading an article. And that was through a few iterations in the middle. So this is a part of that imperfect action of like, we tried some things until we found something that we felt like worked well, but was also, at least currently, um, really of service to those that we want to make sure can receive our message. Right. And so when I think about even that one decision, you know, what was the return on making the investment to pay to have an article written from each episode. And this is, I'm, I'm giving this example because it's a really tangible example because many of you have your own podcasts or do video content um, or go on Instagram stories or whatever that may be where you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And for us, um, I, I want to hear some of yours, Erica, but the first thing that comes to mind for me from a visibility standpoint, is it actually made life so much easier on being able to take that podcast episode and turn it into social media captions, um, see where like we had frameworks for things of step-by-steps that we didn't even necessarily realize because we were in the moment just talking. But when Mm -hmm. you have to reconform it to an article and not a transcript, you're able to lay it out in the Mm -hmm. step-by-step. And it also made it easier um, for our people on like LinkedIn where they might be, you know, looking at this on the side on the lunch break at the work computer mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually read the article without obviously listening to podcasts during work hours. We're going to keep more hunter. We know that's what they're doing. But <laughs> those are like some really quick things that I can think of that made a really big difference in website traffic 
spreading the message and more people doing the work um, without us having more work on our side. It actually reduced some of the work on our side. So one of the things, and you may or may not agree with me on this one, but I think moving our community from Facebook to Mighty Networks. Because of the fact that we decided that it was not aligned to be on Facebook. And we had other people that were like, oh, thank you. I don't have to be caught between the cat memes and my grandma sending me stuff. I appreciate you. And we didn't have to mute our message for fear of the algorithm and how that would shift things on the other side. And I think that we had a few people that were absolutely like, oh, this is possible. This can happen. And it was an exercise in us being imperfect because we didn't know what was going to happen. No. And um, a lot of the moving and the structure, you know, was me from my side of kind of getting the community design together, um, loading in all the different components of what it was going to look like visually, structurally, and completely imperfect action. I'd never done that for a business before with Mighty Networks. I designed plenty of things, but an actual like Mighty Network website and app no. Right. <laughs> and right. so we've we've learned a lot in that process. Um, and one of the biggest returns on that investment I've seen is it inspired several people to start their own Mighty Network communities that could help facilitate some changes in their own industries. The other thing I noticed is that um, it made the community more accessible to people who did not want to have to have a Facebook app. Because there's so many people mm-hmm. out there that um, want to be a part of communities, but they don't they want Facebook. And so they were able, we actually had a few people join the community after we moved because we moved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of it was just the fact that ROI, it isn't always for you. and so. While I think that growing our community and continuing to solidify the people that were already members was absolutely a gift. And at the same time, we were able to show someone else what was possible. And so sometimes the ROI is modeling the change that you want to see. Right. And I think that one of the biggest things that I don't want to be lost on that move as well is I feel like there's more emotional safety Um, being in a space that has absolutely nothing to do with any social media platform. Correct. Private. Absolutely. And I think that that allows people to know that they can be more vulnerable. They can be more, um, you know, transparent. There's a different level of connection because again, you're not having to go in and possibly be distracted before you actually get into the space. And so I think that it helps to keep people on track with what they're there for. It helps them to be able to connect in a very intentional way and it cut out some noise. Right. It cut out some of the noise. And to me, like, again, being able to create something that I think not only benefited us further, you know, the, mission that we have overall in the creation of the space that you know we utilize is one of the ways that we try to get there but knowing that we were kind of like 
drinking our own Kool-Aid, so to speak, with the imperfect action and the modeling of the change that we wanted to see and doing something that felt more equitable. I think that that was just a, a an exercise in what what's possible. I agree completely. So being that we've talked about a number of things here, we've given examples, we've told you what it looked like, not only for our clients, but also for us. Part of the way that this happens is in community. And I say that in the sense that you're not doing it all by yourself. You're not all solo and there's nobody to talk with. There's nobody to help to hold you accountable. There's nobody to remind you of your goal on the days that it gets tough. And that's just some of the things that I think the community does provide for everyone that is in it. And I think that it's something that we're watching it grow and evolve in such a beautiful way. And I'm very humbled to be able to create the space for these amazing people in the room to really make some shit happen, man. Right. They're moving, they're shaking, they're getting things done. They're supporting each other. They're supporting each other's businesses. They're referring out. They're even um, showing up in each other's podcast. You know, there's a lot of really beautiful things happening in our space. And this is something that you can be a part of as well, because we're wrapping up 2020. And as we go on the 2021, which is crazy to say, um, see, I'm trying not to say crazy. Dang it. There we go again. (laughs) Um, You can take part as well and participate. You can go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community, learn more about it. And as always, we would love to have you in the room, right? Right. (laughs) So as always, we love being able to be here, have these real conversations, normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your everyday exchanges. And so as we continue on through this holiday season, this Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever time this is that you hear this, just know that we appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Keep the dialogue going until then. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?